Chapter Twenty Four of Eric Bright Eyes. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Brett Downey. Eric Bright Eyes by H. Ryder Haggard. Chapter Twenty Four. How the feast went. Hearken, all men," said Eric. "Thrust him out," quoth Bjorn. "Nay, cut him down," said Osbecker. "He is an outlawed man." "Words first, then deeds," answered Skallagrim. "'Thou shalt have thy fill of both, Blacktooth, before day is done.' "'Let Eric say his say,' said Gudruda, lifting her head. "'He has been doomed unheard, and it is my will that he shall say his say.' "'What hast thou to do with Eric?' snarled Ospecker. "'The bright cup is not yet drunk, lord,' she answered. "'To thee, then, I will speak, lady,' quoth Eric. How comes it that, being betrothed to me, thou dost sit there, the bride of Osbecker? Ask of Swanhild, said Gudruda in a low voice. Ask also of Hall of Lithdale yonder, who brought me Swanhild's gift from Stromay. I must ask much of Hall, and he must answer much, said Eric. What tale, then, did he bring thee of Stromay? He said this, Eric, Gudruda answered, that thou wast Swanhild's love, that for Swanhild's sake thou hast basely killed Atli the Good, and that thou wast about to wed Swanhild's self, and take the earl's seat in Orkneys. And for what cause was I made outlaw at the All-Thing? For this cause, Eric, said Bjorn, that thou hast dealt evilly with Swanhild, bringing her to shame against her will, and thereafter thou hast slain the earl, her husband. Which then of these tales is true, for both cannot be true, said Bright-Eyes. "'Speak, Swanhild.' "'Thou knowest well that the last is true,' said Swanhild boldly. "'How then comes it that thou didst charge Hall with that message to Gudruda? "'How then comes it that thou didst send her the lock of hair "'which thou didst cozen me to give thee?' "'I charged Hall with no message. "'I sent no lock of hair,' Swanhild answered. "'Stand thou forward, Hall,' said Eric, "'and, liar and coward though thou art, Dare not to speak other than the truth. Nay, look not at the door, for, if thou stirrest, this spear shall find thee before thou hast gone apace. Now Hall stood forward, trembling with fear, for he saw the eye of Scalagrim watching him close, and while Lambstail watched, his fingers toyed with the handle of his axe. It is true, Lord, that Swanhild charged me with that message, which I gave to Lady Gertruda. Also, she bade me give the lock of hair. "'And for this service thou didst take money, Hall?' "'Ay, Lord, she gave me money for my faring.' "'And all the while thou knewest the tidings false?' Hall made no reply. "'Answer!' thundered Eric. "'Answer the truth, knave, or by every god that passes the hundred gates I will not spare thee twice.' "'It is so, Lord,' said Hall. "'Thou liest, fox!' cried Swanhild, white with wrath and casting a fierce look upon Hall. But men took no heed of Swanhild's words, for all eyes were bent on Eric. "'Is it now your pleasure, comrades, that I should tell you the truth?' said Bright-Eyes. The most part of the company shouted, "'Yay!' But the men of Osbecker stood silent. "'Speak on, Eric,' quoth Gudruda. "'This is the truth, then. Swanhild the fatherless, Atli's wife, has always sought my love, and she has ever hated Gudruda, whom I loved.' From a child she has striven to work mischief between us. Ay, and she did this, though till now it has been hidden. She strove to murder Gudruda. 
It was on the day that Skallagrim and I overcame Osbecker and his band on Horsehead Heights. She thrust Gudruda from the brink of Golden Falls while she sat looking on the waters, and as she hung there I dragged her back. Is it not so, Gudruda? It is so, said Gudruda. Now men murmured and looked at Swanhild, but she shrank back, plucking at her purple cloak. It was for this cause, said Eric, that Asmund, Swanhild's father, gave her choice to wed Atli the Earl and pass over sea, or to take her trial in the Doom Ring. She wedded Atli and went away. Afterwards, by witchcraft, she brought my ship to wreck on Strawmay's Isle. Ay, she walked the waters like a shape of light, and lured us on to ruin, so that all were drowned except Skallagrim and myself. Is it not so, Skallagrim? It is so, lord. I saw her with my eyes. Again folk murmured. Then we must sit in Atli's hall, said Eric, and there we dwelt last winter. For a while Swanhild did no harm, till I feared her no more. But some three months ago I was left with her, and a man called Kol, Groa's thrall, of whom ye know, came out from Iceland, bringing news of the death of Asmund the priest, of Una my cousin, and of Groa the witch. To these ill tidings Swanhild bribed him to add something. She bribed him to add this, that thou, Gudruda, wast betrothed to Osbecker, and wouldst wed him on the last Yule day. Moreover, he gave me a certain message from thee, Gudruda, and, in token of its truth, the half of that coin which I broke with thee long years ago. Say now, lady, didst thou send the coin? Nay, never, cried Gudruda. Many years ago I lost the half thou gavest me, though I feared to tell thee. Perchance one stands there who found it, said Eric, pointing with his spear at Swanhild. At the least I was deceived by it. Now the tale is short. Swanhild mourned with me, and in my sorrow I mourned bitterly. Then it was she asked a boon, that lock of mine, Gudruda, and, thinking thee faithless, I gave it, holding all oaths broken. Then, too, when I would have left her, she drugged me with a witch-draft. Ay, she drugged me, and I woke to find myself false to my oath, false to Atli, and false to thee, Gudruda. I cursed her, and left her, waiting for the earl to tell him all. But Swanhild outwitted me. She told him the other tale of shame that ye have heard, and brought Cole to him as witness of the tale. Atli was deceived by her, and, not until I cut him down in anger at the bitter words he spoke, calling me coward and nittering, did he know the truth. But before he died he knew it, and he died, holding my hand and bidding those about him find Cole and slay him. Is it not so, ye who were Atli's men? It is so, Eric, they cried. We heard it with our own ears, and we slew Cole. But afterwards Swanhild brought us to believe that Earl Atli was distraught when he spoke thus, and that things were indeed as she had said. Again men murmured, and a strange light shone in Gudruda's eyes. Now, Gudruda, thou hast heard all my story, said Eric. Say, dost thou believe me? I believe thee, Eric. Say then, wilt thou still wed yon Osbecker? Gudruda looked on Blacktooth. Then she looked at Golden Eric and opened her lips to speak. But, before a word could pass them, Osbecker rose in wrath, laying his hand upon his sword. Thinkest thou thus to lure away my dove, outlaw? First I will see thee food for crows. Well spoken, Blacktooth, laughed Eric. I waited for such words from thee. Thrice have we striven together, once out yonder in the snow, once on Horsehead Heights, and once by Westman Isles, and still we live to tell the tale, 
Come down, Osbecker, come down from that soft seed of thine, and here and now let us put it to the proof who is the better man. When we met before, the stake was white fire set against my eye. Now the stake is our lives and fair Gudruda's hand. Talk no more, Osbecker, but fall to it. Gudruda shall never wed thee while I live, said Bjorn. Thou art a landless loon, a brawler, and an outlaw. Get thee gone, Eric, with thy wolf-hound. Squeak not so loud, rat. Squeak not so loud, lest hound's fang worry thee, said Skallagrim. Whether I wed Gudruda, or whether I wed her not, is a matter that shall be known in its season, said Eric. For thy words I say this, that it is risky to hurl names at such as I am, Bjorn, lest perchance I answer them with spear-thrusts. Thy answer, Osbecker, what need to wait? Thy answer! Now Osbecker looked at Bright Eyes and grew afraid. He was a mighty man, but he knew the weight of Eric's arm. I will not fight thee, Carl, he said, who hast not to lose. Then thou art coward and nittering, said Eric. Osbecker nittering, I name thee here before all men. What? Thou couldst plot against me? Thou couldst waylay me ten to one and two ships to one? But, face to face with me, alone, thou dost not dare to stand? Comrades, look on your lord! Look at Osbecker the nittering! Now the swarthy brow of Blacktooth grew red with rage, and his breath came in great gasps. Ho, men! he cried. Drive this knave away! Strip his harness off him, and whip him hence with rods! Let but a man stir towards me, and this spear flies through thy heart, nittering! cried Eric. Gudruda, what thinkest thou of thy lord? I know this, said Gudruda, that I will not wed a man who is named Nittering in the face of all, and lifts no sword. Gudruda spoke thus, because she was mad with love and fear and shame, and she desired that Eric should stand face to face with Osbecker Blacktooth, for thus alone she might perhaps be rid of Osbecker. Such words do not come well from gentle lips, said Bjorn. Is it to be born, brother? answered Gudruda, that the man who would call me wife should be named Osbecker the Nittering? When that shame is washed away, and then only, can I think on marriage. I will never be Nittering's bride. Thou hearest, Osbecker Nittering? said Eric. Then he gave the spear in his hand to Scalagrim, and, gripping Whitefire's hilt, he burst the peace-strings and tore it from the scabbard. Now the great sword shone on high like lightning leaping from a cloud, and, as it shone, men shouted, "'Osbecker! Osbecker Nittering! Come, win back Whitefire from Eric's hand, or be forever shamed!' Blacktooth could endure this no more. He snatched sword and shield, and, like a bear from a cave, like a wolf from his lair, rushed roaring from his seat. On he came, and the ground shook beneath his bulk. "'At last, Nittering!' cried Eric, and sprang to meet him. "'Back! All men, back!' shouted Skallagrim. Now we shall see blows. As he spoke, the great swords flashed aloft and clanged upon the iron shields. So heavy were the blows that fire leaped out from them. Osbecker reeled back beneath the shock, and Eric was beaten to his knee. Now he was up, but as he rushed, Osbecker struck again and swept away half of Bright Eye's pointed shield, so that it fell upon the floor. Eric smote also, but Osbecker dropped his knee to the earth, and the sword hissed over him. Blacktooth cut at Eric's legs, but Brighteyes sprang from the ground and took no harm. Now some cried, Eric! Eric! And some cried, Osbecker! Osbecker! For no one knew how the fight would go. Gudruda sat watching in the high seat, 
and as blows fell her color came and went. Swanhild drew near, watching also, and she desired in her fierce heart to see Eric brought to shame and death, for, should he win, then Gudruda would be rid of Ospecker. Now by her side stood Gizur, Ospecker's son, and near to her was Bjorn. These two held their breath, for, if Eric conquered, all their plans were brought to nothing. Even as he sprang into the air, Eric smote down with all his strength. The blow fell on Ospecker's shield. It shore through the shield and struck on the shoulder beneath. But Blacktooth's burney was good, nor did the sword bite into it. Still the stroke was so heavy that Ospecker staggered back four paces beneath it, and then fell upon the ground. Now folk raised a shout of, Eric! Eric! For it seemed that Ospecker was sped. Bright Eyes, too, cried aloud, then rushed forward. Now, as he came, Swanhild whispered an eager word into the ear of Bjorn. By Bjorn's foot lay that half of Eric's shield, which had been shorn away by the sword of Ospecker. Gudruda, watching, saw Bjorn push it with his shoe, so that it slid before the feet of Bright Eyes. His right foot caught on it, and he stumbled heavily, stumbled again, then fell prone on his face, and, as he fell, stretched out his sword-hand to save himself so that Whitefire flew from his grasp. The blade struck its hilt against the ground, then circled in the air and fixed itself point downwards, in the clay of the flooring. The hand of Ospecker, rising from the ground, smote against the hilt of Whitefire. He saw it, and with a shout he cast his own sword away and clasped Whitefire. Away circled the sword of Ospecker, and of that cast this strange thing is told, false or true. Far in the corner of the hall lurked Thoruna, she who had betrayed Skallagrim when he was named Unound. She had come with a heavy heart to Middelhof in the company of Ospecker. But when she saw Skallagrim, her husband, whom she had betrayed, and who had turned Bezark because of her wickedness, shame smote her, and she crept away and hid herself behind the hangings of the hall. The sword sped along point first. It rushed like a spear through the air. It fell on the hangings, piercing them, piercing the heart of Thoruna, who cowered behind them, so that with one cry she sank dead to earth, slain by her lover's hand. Now, when men saw that Ospecker once more held Whitefire in his hand, Whitefire that Bright Eyes had won from him, they called aloud that it was an omen. The sword of Blacktooth had come back to Blacktooth, and now Eric would surely be slain of it. Eric sprang from the ground. He heard the shouts and saw Whitefire blazing in Ospecker's hand. "'Now thou art weaponless! Fly! Bright Eyes, fly!' cried some. Gertrude's cheek grew white with fear, and for a moment Eric's heart failed him. "'Fly not!' roared Skallagrim. "'Bjorn tripped thee, yet hast thou half a shield!' Ospecker rushed on, and Whitefire flickered over Eric's helm. Down it came and shore one wing from the helm. Again it shone and fell, but Bright Eyes caught the blow on his broken shield. Then, while men waited to see him slain, Eric gave a great war-shout and sprang forward. "'Thou art mad!' shouted the folk. "'Ye shall see! Ye shall see!' screamed Skallagrim. Again Ospecker smote, and again Eric caught the blow, and behold, he struck back, thrusting with the point of the shorn shield straight at the face of Ospecker. "'Peck, eagle, peck!' cried Skallagrim. Once more Whitefire shone above him. Eric rushed in beneath the sword, and with all his mighty strength thrust the buckler point at Blacktooth's face. It struck fair and full, and lo, the helm of Ospecker burst asunder. He threw wide his giant arms, 
then fell as a pine falls upon the mountain edge. He fell back, and he lay still. But Eric, stooping over him, took Whitefire from his hand. End of chapter. Recording by Brett Downey.